I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 59 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Duncan Shields from Tronologically Speaking. Welcome back, Duncan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's been great talking about this It's always a pleasure to have you. Always a pleasure. All right, so Minute 59 begins with Tom taking his cash, and ends with George declaring them still open for business. So we ended things yesterday with, uh, you know, Tom rightfully or wrongfully still demanding that he wants his entire $242. And in the beginning of this minute, George just basically gives in and gives him the money and goes, there you are. And then Tom says, that'll close my account. He goes, no, your account's still here. That's a loan. So wait a second. <laughs> Does this mean that that he now has to pay interest on this loan? Uh, I think they're kind of in, you know, emergency <laughs> measures type of uh, type of moment. I would I would I would say no, you know. Um, but I would say uh, well, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I think he's <laughs> kind of saying talk to talk to me after the holidays. <laughs> talk to me when the when the crisis is over and. Uh, Right, for I mean, now, for now, you owe me two hundred and forty dollars. That's right, two hundred and forty-two extra dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, I, and obviously we can tell here that George knows that everyone's acting this way out of panic, and he yeah. he needs their money too. So you know, he he wants Tom's money that's invested. You know, he doesn't want him to 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 withdraw yeah. all of the money. He's trying to. Be reasonable with an unreasonable entity, right? He, he is mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I wonder about. It's like when you're when you're when you're talking with somebody who's got uh, uh, dementia, right? Or who's somebody who's who's constantly, you know, from one sentence to the next, thinking that you're a different person and that it's a different year. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have uh, an uh, say an elderly father who's who's you know got Alzheimer's or something like that. You stop telling them that their wife died 10 years ago when they're like, where's Gladys? You stop saying, Dad, Gladys died 10 years ago because they relive the pain of that person's death over and over and over again every time you tell them. Right. So after a while, you just start going, oh, she went out to get some you know, cigarettes. She'll be back in a second. Right. You know, like you have to in some ways, you know, join them in their reality. You have to in some ways approach them you know in the reality that they're offering to you you can't it's like uh, improvisation you have to yes and uh their current you know 
situation, their current their current reality. Right. You can't uh, you can't block it. Uh, you can't say no, that's not true because they're just going to get confused and they'll say yes, it is, yes, it is. So when he's dealing with this group of people that are really like, it's like any actor will tell you, if you're performing for an audience, you're not performing for you know 500 people or 80 people or or a thousand people. You're performing for an entity. You're performing for a hive mind, for a group mind. You're not performing for a bunch of individuals. You're performing for this force out in the darkness that you're entertaining, that you're making laugh, that you're, uh, you know, keeping happy. Uh, and if a crowd turns on you, it's horrifying <laughs> because they're not, it's not a bunch of people expressing their opinions towards you. It's one giant entity that's turned on you. And uh, it's the same as, you know, I don't know, I guess, you know, when you get like, 900,000 likes on one of your posts or something like that, you you, you kind of go into the stratosphere of, of, you know, like, well, now I'm a god, <laughs> you know, like, to get that many likes uh, is is different, I think, than performing in front of an audience because you're you're performing for an entity. And I think that's what George is having to deal with here is he's having to deal with an entity. And that's how he deals with it is he's like Janice. This is your specific situation. Joe, this is your specific situation. And he's reminding this blob of panic that it's comprised of specific people with specific needs, with spe specific connections to him and the rest of the town. Like That's how he's, he's, he's quelling them, but also s dividing them. He's splitting them apart back into people again. Right. Right. That's something that they, they always tell... Um, like if you're talking, like in the Silence of the Lambs movie, when the when the mother is talking to the kidnapper, right. they say, you know, use the daughter's name. Say like, have you fed Alice? Is Alice okay? Can I speak to Alice? You know, what is Alice up to? Can I have some Correct. proof of life for Alice? Just keep using the name because that helps the the, the kid that, that that makes the kidnapper right. Oh right, I've got a. I don't have, you know, a flesh bag in the basement. I have a person named Alice. You know, like it humanizes them. And that's and that's what he's doing here by talking to each person individually is he's right. helping split apart the mob into a group of people again. And it's uh, it's very smart, very smart. Yeah. What he's and, it, doing. and it works. And, it's, and it works. Yeah, it's effective. Right. Maybe smart. It's, it's effective. It works. Right. And again, and I think it, goes... it helps that he's is, is he like nine feet tall? This guy, Jimmy Stewart, because of the suits he wears and his frame always seems like he's like uh verging on seven feet you know because he just towers over everybody and he's such a bag of sticks you know he's like a scarecrow so i don't i don't know how tall he is but i think that that helps too when he puts yeah. his hands above his head and says all right everybody calm down he's the the tallest uh the yeah. tallest thing in the room so i think that helps yeah and i mean i like i like the way that that again it's he he makes it very personal he's talking to everybody and calling yeah. them by their names you know it's not uh you know it, it's not he he knows who all of his uh, uh, clients are, who, who who he's dealing with here. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. he's not, hey, faceless person, your investments are safe with us, whatever they may be. That's you know, right. He's like, Jack, I know exactly how much you owe. That's right. How much we owe you and your history. Right. You know? And then so he goes, OK, all right, Ed. And then Ed says, I got $300 here, George. 
So going back to the inflation calculator, uh, $300 is $6,737 in 2023 money. And he goes, now, Ed, what will it take to you till the bank opens up? What do you need? Well, I suppose uh, $20. And $20 is $450. That, you know, today, that's still a lot of money that these people are asking for. Um, it's a but lot it's of a massive downgrade from uh, from 242. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of that's like, tell me what you need. I need $400. Tell me what you need. Well, I guess 20 will do. You, I can what, <laughs> <laughs> dude? Okay, that's, that's, right. that's good. But he's like, he's like, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Right. Now okay. you're talking. Thanks, Ed. That's fine. And then he goes, All right, now, Mrs. Thompson, how much do you want? So then Miss Thompson goes, but but it's your own money, George. He says, never mind about that. How much do you want? Well, I can get along also with twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, fine. And like he 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 gives the money, and like you see that that what he's doing is he's marking it down, but also Uncle Billy's next to him is also marking it down. So you know why do they need two people keeping track here? Oh, fail safe, just fail safe. I guess so. It's always good. Like I met my mom worked in a bank for a while, and whenever they had to change money out of a bank machine or something like that, two people needed to be there. You know, like. But were they keeping their own tabs? Well, it was just so like one person will steal money. You know. No. Okay. That one person won't steal money in front of another person. So that theory expands to a lot of different things. Like if two people are taking notes. I mean, I don't know why they don't have two stenographers in all courtrooms, but like if two people are writing down the amounts, right, then um, theoretically, I think it's a failsafe. That's my that's my okay. theory. Right, I don't know fair. why. I don't I don't I don't honestly know why they're both writing down the amounts, but I think it's good that they are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then she says, and I'll sign the paper. You don't have to sign anything. I know you. You pay it when you can. Because again, he's he's going back to the idea here that that he's giving people extra loans <laughs> you know these, yeah. these aren't uh you know this isn't what what uh what you did before you know what, what you've given us before yeah and i want it's almost like like because you know that his payback rates are going to be reasonable and because you know he knows the people and because you know that they're only taking what they need that this is an okay situation right right but there are like i think of the predatory lending agencies like money mart and stuff like that where you know they 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 will lend you money but it's literally like a 25% you know it's 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 making it it's like borrowing money from the mob it's it's uh, i guess they call it is that usury i forget what yes. i forget what it's called but like well, like a pred- a predatory loan to people who can't get a loan from a bank right Right. You're already taking advantage of a victim by, uh, you know, lending them money that with an exorbitant interest rate that, you know, they probably won't be able to pay back. And then and then you own them. Right. But like, that's not what's happening here. No, it could it could be what's happening here, but it's not what's happening here. Correct. So. Because right. he is just handing out money willy nilly and writing it down. Here's a loan for you. You get a loan and you get a loan. That's and right. You get a loan. But uh, but it's somehow still all on the up and up, even though it's kind of a crisis situation. That's right. And then uh, he says, you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to sign anything. You pay it when you can. That's okay. 
And then he turns to the next. I woman. wonder if it's a terrifying thing for him to say. <laughs> you know, like I wonder <laughs> how many bankers watch this film and watch this scene through their fingers. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's right. You know, do you really think you're going to get any of that money back? <laughs> yeah. And then he turns to the next woman and goes, "All right, Mrs. Davis." Um, now, before we get to her answer, okay, do you know who the actress is who plays Mrs. Davis? Now, Mrs. Thompson is not listed on IMDb, even uncredited, so we don't really know who that is, but Mrs. Davis is. Do you, are you familiar with this actress? Uh, her, her face does ring a bell, but I don't really know okay. exactly. The, this, this character is played by Ellen Corby, who was born in 1911 and passed away in 1999 at the age of 87. Ooh, 1999. She made it good and far. That's good right. for her. She has 267 IMDb credits. And her most Wonderful. prominent credit, there, there's actually two. Uh, first of all, she got an Oscar nomination the follow, the two years after this movie came out for Best Supporting Actress in um, I Remember Mama, which was, it was okay. an interesting film. Um, but she also won, she had six Emmy nominations where she won three times for playing Best Supporting Actress in the TV show The Waltons. She played Grandma Walton. Okay, I see that now. Sure, sure, sure. I watched The Waltons growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that now. Yeah. What what shocks me is Grandma Walton was only in her 60s. Because <laughs> the show was on in the 70s. You know, and she was born in 1911. Yeah. Wow. You know. I, yeah. I, I always thought that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the week. You know, some people just look older than they, they really are. Well, it's like uh, Rue McClanahan, I think, was the youngest cast member on the Golden Girls. Right. But she but she played the oldest one. Uh, possibly. No, uh, no, sorry, no, 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 no. Sorry, not Rue McClanahan. No. Uh, Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty. Yeah, but she yeah, get a wig and yeah, whatever. Rue McClanahan was, you know. Yeah, she, wig and glasses. and uh, She had and, makeup. And, I don't and, think and, on the Waltons they used makeup for grandma. <laughs> no. Some people just, yeah, they look ancient before their time. Exactly. And I've known, you know, like in the, in the youth, in the youth I, when I was uh, helping to run the Poetry Slam here, we had uh, some poets that were like, you know, 30-year-old, 15-year-olds. <laughs> you know, they'd... Well, I remember I worked in this. Uh, I worked in a, a restaurant when I was I was a cook in a restaurant, and there was a guy that came in once. And the owners were Greek, so there was a lot of a lot of Greek people. And this guy comes in and uh, stops in at the kitchen and is like, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, is uh, you know is the owner in?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's over there." So he talks with the owner and he leaves with a bit. And this guy was like, you know, six and a half feet tall, just a welcome mat for a beard, just this thick, thick, thick you know, beard and this massive, you know, thatch of chest hair sticking out of his, uh, sticking out of his shirt. And he's a really jacked giant lumberjack kind of guy. And he talks to the boss and he leaves. And then, uh, my boss comes back and goes, uh, Oh, did you, did you talk to him for him a little bit? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how old do you think he is? And I'm like, Oh man, I couldn't tell you, you know, 30. He's like, he's 16. I was like, what? You know, like, so it's uh it's always it's interesting to me when people don't look their age when they're wow. when they're seriously they're fifty but they look like they're seventy five or or conversely when they're fifteen but they look like they're thirty two. <laughs> you know, wow. like it's it's fast it's fascinating how that can uh, that can play out. Right. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. I saw a movie recently where someone was supposed to go and, and speak to somebody and you know, they they, they uh, right away go to someone who's who's much older. 
than what they're looking for. I mean, I know that there's an example in A Few Good Men, you know, where he thinks Uncle G- uh, Aunt Ginny is, is much older. And she says the same thing about, about him. But there, there was another movie where, where someone was, was, was told to go speak to somebody and they go over and they're looking for, and they're, they, they constantly go to like the, these older women thinking that it's the woman that they're supposed to be talking to. I, I don't, I can't think of right now what, right. Uh, what, what that is. Don't really know. I like that. Uh, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so he says, all right, Mrs. Davis. And then she turns to him and goes, could I have 1750? And you see the shock on his face. And he goes, bless your heart. And he gives her, yeah. he gives her a big kiss and says, of course you can have it. And then he asks her, you got 50 cents? You know, in order, I guess, to give her the $18. So there, there's an interesting anecdote about that, uh, about this scene. So Frank Capra, when he would rehearse the scene with the two of them, you know, she, according to the script, she was supposed to say that she needs $17. And he told, uh, Capra told her that before we do this, the, this first take, he, he took her aside and said, just throw out any odd number. It doesn't matter what, you know, awesome. it doesn't need to be, it, don't, we don't want it to be a round number. And apparently when, when she said 1750, so Jimmy Stewart was taken off guard and then he impulsively, <laughs> he impulsively kissed her. It wasn't, it's not in the script. And because there was, this it. was such a spontaneous reaction. So Fra- Frank Capra used this as the, uh, you know, as, as the shot for the whole thing. And it, and it seems like her reaction to being kissed kind of takes her off guard too. That's right. She's she's got this kind of unguarded expression on her face there in that moment. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Right, and and uh, again, the the 1750 that she asks for is 393 dollars. So, yes, <laughs> you know, still still works. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I like the way that they they also end this this thing that you know that this whole thing with her. You know, we get like a, yeah. a swipe of the screen. You know, it, it, it's like okay, we don't have to go through every single person waiting and waiting here. You know, we, we've we've now yeah. you know, we have the the tough guy who wants his two hundred and forty two dollars. Then we have the guy who wants three hundred and is willing to take twenty. Then a woman who wants twenty, and now a woman who is going to take exactly what she needs seventeen fifty. That's it. You know, it re- it reminds me of this theory of like the person that bucks the norm and strikes out on their own path that's usually the person that gets all the glory and is is recognized as the trailblazer but the real trailblazer that makes it all person uh possible is the second person that joins in Mm -hmm. you know like if if you're in a, a, a room and there's some good music playing and one person stands up and starts you know busting a move um that could turn into a really awkward moment if nobody else joins in but the second person that says, I'm on board, and gets up and starts dancing too, and then that turns it into a disco party and the whole room's dancing, it's the second person, right? It's the second domino that needs to fall before things. So it's kind of like, that's why we cut away from her. It's because now the rest of the people are going to ask for a paltry amount. That's right. They're going to just ask for what they need. The the age of I need two hundred and forty two dollars is 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 over. You know now we have a, 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 a habit forming of, of people asking for what they need. Right now there now there's a a bar that's been set. Correct. 
uh, by the two of them. Right. And then we, we get another one of those great swipes of the the movie. And then we're, 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 we see, you know, George, he doesn't have his jacket on anymore. And then we see mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Billy and Cousin Tilly. And they're they're counting down, and we see seven. We're gonna make it, George. Six. They'll never close us up today. Five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! George goes. We made it. Close the door, Eustace. We made it. Look, look. We're still in business. We've still got two bucks left. Look. Let's have some of that. Let's celebrate. Get some glasses, Tilly. And you know they're they they're the the way that they're they're so enthusiastic here and and just great. It just it just works really well, you know. I I love how he yeah I love how he like you know you, you see Uncle Billy using a handkerchief to to, to wipe his sweat, you know, as yeah. the whole thing moves. And then did did you see the clock that they use here? Uh, I saw I saw the clock, yeah, but I didn't I didn't uh, register the the make of it. Well, no, what's, like what's very strange about it, it has thirty one numbers on it. It has the regular clock on the inside, and then on the outside. Uh, on the on the exterior portion of it, it has the numbers one through thirty one. So I, I looked it up to try and figure out what you know what exactly Wild. is is wh- what's going on here. And apparently, this is what's known as a regular uh, regulatory clock, a regulator clock. Sorry, a regulator clock. And that is actually it shows the date. You know, you know what day of the oh. month it is. But I mean, I can't. I personally can't figure out what points to the date. You know, I mean, we see the 31 things here. I, I, no, there's uh, maybe the well, where is is it the ring itself that turns, perhaps? I, I don't know. I mean, we don't see the clock moving so much that we're able to tell. You know, we see that the, the second the, the second hand moves. So it's not as if it's pointing at something or anything like that. So I don't know. Let's see. I'm not what sure, you, you know, because theoretically we should be able to know what what the what day of the month it is, at least. We don't know what what year it is, or what is it? We don't know what month it is. Maybe, yeah, maybe there is a fourth hand, but for the sake of clarity, they uh, they didn't include it in the shot. Yeah, I don't know. I was looking right at it. I didn't notice that the numbers one to thirty-one are around. There, it feels like there should be a marker somewhere pointing to the numbers, but I don't. Uh, I don't see it. Oh wait. There is a fourth hand. It's hiding behind the hour hand. Is there really? There's, there's the minute hand is pointing straight up. The second hand is the longest one. The hour hand is pointing down, and it looks like there's another hand right behind the hour hand. Hmm. So in other words, you're so saying it it's might the, be between it's the sixteenth of the month, whatever month it is. Interesting. Or it's it's between the sixteenth and the seventeenth. It's it's coming up on the seventeenth. The size of that gear, it must be a really, I don't know if it would be a really big one or a really small one. If it has to go around the clock once a month, that's got to be uh, a very interesting gear back there. Interesting setup. Yeah. That's wild. Yes. What a cool clock. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I think so, too. That's got to be a bit of a holy grail for clock collectors, I imagine, is getting one of those. Yeah, old what, what I read clocks. is that, uh, you know, on months when there isn't 31 days, you have to then, you know, take the clock down and spin spin the dial around. Sure. So so when February is only 28 days, you got to do that three times. Yeah. And uh, you know, we then we see Eustace run over and uh, you know close the door, uh, make sure nobody else is coming in, and 
and, you know, lock, and lock it, it like, really well. Very aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> slap, 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 lock. Yeah. And I, but I also like this. Uh, I think this has been, I've heard it sampled. Jimmy Stewart going five, four, three, two, one. Like, I think there's a real, it's so clear. It's just him. There's no ambient noise right. or whatever. It's just him saying five, four, three, two, one. And I think that's been uh, lifted. I think I've heard that used in a couple of Beastie Boys intros oh, really? or, or something like that <laughs> here and there. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Because you get, I mean, if you really want, if, if you want, it's hard to get like uh, like a mission control countdown because it's always like five engine started, down rolling, four, you know, there's all this other chatter happening. Mm-hmm. But to just get a straight five, four, three, two, one out of a movie, um, this is a great example of one. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh, you know, Billy then takes another uh, swig of his whiskey, uh, you know, to calm him down now that he. Now, now that the door's locked, nobody's going to get in. You know, that's how this minute ends. You know, we'll have to wait and see tomorrow how how things what what will happen now that they're 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 gonna, about to have a party. <laughs> yes. You know. So yeah. So, did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Okay. All right. So uh, every Thursday we have a segment called Jimmy Stewart Thursday, where my guests will give their top five Jimmy Stewart uh, films. So once again, start from number five and work your way up if you have five. Do you have five for this, Duncan? I you do. do. Okay. I do. I, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't been a, a stalwart, died in the wall, uh, seen them all Jimmy Stewart fan in my life because I, I find him to be kind of a, a one note um, actor. What he does, he does great, but I, I didn't, I think, you know, you can. S- kind of like with, uh, with Tom Hanks or with, uh, or with Tom Cruise. Um, or you know, well maybe not Chris Evans or Chris Pratt, but like there's 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 actors out there who you know what you're gonna get, right? You okay. know you, you've seen you've seen one of their movies, and uh, and you're gonna you're gonna you kind of know what you're in for, until you really start to dive into their careers or whatever, and then you'll see oh they've actually done they've done different roles <laughs> they've they've played different different roles, right. but the impression they give. The impression they give is that you've seen one, you've seen them all. And that was always kind of my impression of Jimmy Stewart uh, is that, uh, you know, you, you go to see a Jimmy Stewart picture, you're going to see a Jimmy Stewart picture. You know what you're going to get with a Jimmy Stewart picture. You know, he picks, uh, you know, morally straightforward and uplifting pictures. But that's not always true. Right. That's not always true. Once you really dive in, you find out that's not always true. But that's been my impression. So, so five would be uh, the Philadelphia story. Um, uh, four would be Rope. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, three would be Harvey. Uh, I have misgivings about Harvey, but I, I like the the performance of it. Uh, two, I went through uh, Ernst Lubitsch. Uh, period there while while doing noir i started getting into pre-haze codes films and uh ernst lubish was this amazing writer like billy wilder had a sign above his door that said what would lubish have done you know like uh like lubish was all these movies were looking for that lubish touch in the 30s and 40s everybody was looking for that lubish touch he was like i've never heard of the guy and he was like the king of Hollywood for like 15 years. So, uh, so I definitely recommend looking up some of his stuff. Um, old Hollywood, proper old Hollywood. And, uh, so that's the shop around the corner is, uh, is one that, that he did with uh, Jimmy Stewart that I really, I really enjoyed. 
uh, a lot another another a lot of good examples of um, of Jimmy Stewart uh, acting. I guess you could say like it's not all in the script. A lot of it's behind his face, and you can see it happening behind his face. And then, uh, yeah, number one is "It's a Wonderful Life." This is, I think, this is his crowning achievement. I think it's his best performance. I think, uh, you know, it's it's amazing the 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 depth of character that he is asked to portray in this movie, and the aspects of a single human that he's asked to portray in this movie are. Are uh, are complex and they're deep and they're far-reaching and he nails it. All right, very cool. Thank you very much for that. So, would you like to once again tell people where they can find Duncan Shields? TorontoLogicallySpeaking.com or just buy Duncan Shields on all the social medias. All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, MoveAroundMinute.com. So, Duncan, you feel like coming back again tomorrow to find out what happens now that they've locked the door? Heck yes, I Heck do. Heck yes. All right, great. So, until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.